So Money episode 142, Deacon Hayes. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks so much for tuning in. You know, I love hearing stories about individuals getting out of debt because it typically changes their lives in more ways than one. And I know that some of you listening might be struggling with either student loans or credit card debt or just have a mortgage that you want to get out of sooner than later. Today's guest is Deacon Hayes. He is a great case in point. After being overwhelmed by $52,000 of debt, Outside of their mortgage, he and his wife made a decision to quickly change the way they handled money. And they weren't kidding. 18 months later, it was gone. All of it, all $52,000. And because they were actually able to pay it off so quickly, they were featured on uh, sites like US News and World Report. That led then to a live interview on Fox News. Deacon tells me that he enjoyed the process so much, he decided to turn it into a career. He quit his job as a financial planner and actually founded the website, popular website, wellkeptwallet.com. And he also has a weekly podcast with that name. And there, he helps people that are in the same situation that they were in just a few years ago become debt-free. Three takeaways from our time with Deacon. The exact steps he took to become debt-free so rapidly. What did he sell? What did he cut from his budget? How in the world did he get a 740 credit score with a history of foreclosure and Deacon's rapid fire plan to become mortgage free in just nine years? Here is Deacon Hayes. Deacon Hayes, welcome to So Money. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, let's start with the obvious. 18 months wiped out $52,000 in debt. Take me through this, okay? Because, <laughs> well, not all of my guests, not I hope not all my guests, not all my um, listeners are dealing with tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Some are. Some have a lot of student loans. And I think it would just be interesting to find out how you and your wife um, took those first few steps to really get yourselves out of debt uh, for good. Sure. So, I mean, one of the first things that we did is, you know, we recognized that what we were doing wasn't working. And so, uh, you know, we're like, hey, who who is the experts out there? Who are the people that are are good with money that we could learn from? You know, and so just interrupt you for one second. Though. Was there a moment though where you were like, this is not adding up? Where were you? <laughs> what happened? Because usually it comes after like trying to buy something and you realize I don't have the money for it, or wanting to go on a trip and going, oh my gosh, I don't actually have anything in savings. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't. I hope my wife's not listening in on this, but no. Um, she, you know, she would purchase things and I, I, it would be in the hundreds of dollars and, you know, we're, we're newlyweds. So I'm thinking like, you know, if I, if I buy something that's hundreds of dollars and I'm talking like 300, $500, like that's a big deal to me. And I don't do that like on a monthly basis outside of my normal budget, right? Like categories like food and gas and that kind of stuff. So, so, you know, I started to ask her, you know, Hey, you know, you're buying this purse or <laughs> you're buying these, yeah, you're buying these, these clothes, like that's a lot of money and it seems to be a pattern and I'm not judging. It's just, oh my gosh, like I, I realized that we got to work together on this, right? We got to have a game plan. 
Did you have one account or multiple accounts together? We had one account. And so that's kind of where, mm. you know, when we combine both of our finances, that's when it became apparent, like, oh my gosh, we have totally different money habits. Uh, we got to, we got to do something about this. Okay. So that was helpful. Thanks. Sorry for interrupting, but I thought that would be an interesting kind of anecdote. So then, so then you had this aha moment together. Was she receptive? She was, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where we knew like our parents both handled money poorly. Right. So we, we uh, knew we, we needed to do something different. And so it was a matter of, you know, okay, well, how, you know, let's, let's go research. What are people doing well? And then let's mimic them. Right. Um, and so obviously, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great resources out there. Uh, there's a few that, that we used. Um, one would be Dave Ramsey. Uh, another would be a guy named Ron Blue and another Howard Dayton. And so, you know, we're like looking at what they say and it's all pretty similar, right? It's like spend less than you make, you know, pay off your, your high interest debt. I mean, it was, it was all common sense, but it wasn't common to us, right? So we, we had to go back and kind of unwind all the stuff that we learned um, and then start fresh with new habits. So um, you gave yourselves 18 months or just so happened that you got out in 18 months. Was it helpful to have a, a, a timeline? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it was one of those things that I, I heard people that, you know, follow Dave Ramsey, they get out of debt within 18 to 24 months. And I, I just thought, okay, well, people can do it in 18 months, then I could do it in 18 months. So why don't we just set a goal of 18 months and then work backwards? Uh, and, you know, my wife thought that's kind of lofty, right? Like maybe we should be a little more conservative, say a couple years, a few years, whatever. Um, but that really drove me, you know? So when I, when I had a deadline, I knew that I had to work harder. I knew that I had I had to reduce my expenses. I had to, you know, pay attention to where my money was going if I wanted to, you know, pay off our debt in 18 months. And so it was really a lot of sacrifice. Uh, I sold a brand new car. You sold I, that, a brand new car? Oh no. I, I did and I took like a $6,000 hit cuz I owned it yeah. for less like less than a year, but it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I have four more years of about $400 a month in payments. That's just going to kill me. Right. I mean, that's like five grand a year in car payments. And so, um, we ended up selling my wife's car, which was worth $5,000 and we bought two beaters. Uh, you know, I paid $2,500 for mine and we paid 1250 for hers. Um, and so we were able to, out of the five grand from her one car, buy us two cars and sell my upside down car, uh, to get rid of, you know, a big chunk of our, our 52 grand. So that was a big jump start for you getting those cars out of the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Now, other trade-offs. Give me more specifics. I want to get really into the nitty-gritty here because, see, this is an exceptional triumph. You know, this is you – know, we're talking about $52,000 and we're not talking like student loans with low interest. This was largely credit card debt. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we did um, was go through every service provider, you know, and, and go through every line of our budget and say, how can we make this smaller? You know, I, and I, I realized that, you know, when you're not paying attention to your finances, it's very easy to pay more for your cell phone, for insurance, for all of those things. And so I went through one by one and I called my cell phone provider and I said, hey, you know, I've been a loyal customer. What other deals do you guys have right now? I called my, you know, my cable company. We actually ended up ca canceling our cable, went with Netflix. Um, you know, I, I canceled my gym membership because I never used it at that time. I, I do today, but at that time I didn't. And so it was just literally going through one by one once we created our starter budget and saying, how can I make this line smaller? And I'll tell you what, Farnoosh, we probably eliminated like 500 bucks a month just from doing that. And was it hard? I mean, did you really feel that you're sitting at home on a Thursday night and you can't watch your favorite shows and you're like, man, this hurts? 
<laughs> you know, we just cha- <laughs> we just changed our mindset, right? You know, like I discovered Lost like five years after anybody else did. You know, so it was one of those things where we could just binge watch it on on Netflix. So uh, it wasn't. It was just changing the way that we you know, entertained ourselves. And, uh, it was an adjustment, but it wasn't, it really wasn't that bad because, you know, the benefits of being debt free outside of our mortgage is tremendous in what we could do. So I knew that, and that was motivating for us. So let's talk about those benefits. What was the first thing that you did as a couple once you paid off that very last bit of balance? We went to Disneyland, of course. Nah, I mean, we did. So yeah. cliche. What are you going to do now? We're going go to go to Disneyland. We're going to go to Sizzlers. No, um, <laughs> You know, we went to Epcot. Disneyland because my my wife and I really loved it. You know, we had good experiences when we were younger there. And it was one of those things where, you know, we could just celebrate that together. And it was a low cost. We live in Arizona, so we could drive there. Okay. Um, so you, didn't to, was, you didn't go to the Orlando. You went to Disneyland. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I went to Disneyland. And and so that, that was cool. Um, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, we're doing this debt free. Like we're not putting it on a credit card. We're not borrowing money. Like we have the cash to pay for it. Now, Dave Ramsey advocates cutting up those credit cards and never going back to credit again. Have is that what you have done as well? Once you paid off that last balance, are you living a cash existence, or do you just still use credit cards? Oh, I hate that you asked that question, but I'd love that you asked that question at the same time. Um, so while we were paying off our debt, we cut up our credit cards. We didn't use them for four years, and and I think that that was great and it was necessary because we had bad money habits, and it was one of those things that we had to train ourselves to be good with money, uh, to be good with putting money in the bank for savings, to have an emergency fund, so that credit wasn't our emergency fund, right? And so now we actually do use credit cards. We I have one for my business and I have one for personal. Pay them off every month and never carry a balance. Um, so. So currently, yes, we use credit cards. But when we were in that, in the thick of it, we, we cut them up and we did not use them at all. Do you think that, do you advocate this now to people like, I know now you've transitioned to money coaching. Um, doesn't that kind of hurt your credit when you don't use credit? <laughs> it's kind of the cycle. Well, so really the thing that hurt the most was when I closed longstanding accounts. Hmm. Uh, so really I've got, I, we, I have actually, I have zero debt because as long story short, uh, our house is in my wife's name, uh, because I have a foreclosure on my record because I was not good with handling money. Um, and so I have like a 740 credit score with a foreclosure on my record. What? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, really th- the reality is, is you can build up your credit, um, and not have debt as long as you do it wisely. And, how, and so how long ago was that foreclosure? Five years ago. Okay. So maybe that's why. It wasn't a well, 740 the, the year that it happened. Oh, no, 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 no. But but what I'm getting at is I have zero debt and yet I have a 740 credit score. And the reason is, is because I do have two credit cards and I pay them off on a monthly basis, never carry a balance. And that's that's why, because I'm constantly using them, but I'm paying them off. And so I'm building my credit and showing, hey, I have zero debt at the end of every month because I pay them off. But so that smart. makes me credit worthy. And so now you are coaching others. You were so inspired by your process, so feeling um, just triumphant that you really wanted to share this with with a lot of people. How is that? And you quit your job to to really pursue this full force. What was the moment that you decided, you know what, I'm going to just do this full time? That's also very brave. Okay, so it's very, this is really... Uh a loaded question because I, I when I when we paid off our debt I was selling wood floors and you know 
there's nothing wrong with selling with floors. In fact, you know, I enjoyed it. There are enjoyed aspects of it. But when we paid off our debt, I just thought, wow, this would be amazing if I could just teach other people to do this and transition, you know, from making money selling wood to making money helping people, you know, achieve their financial goals. And so that led me down a path to become a financial planner. And when I was a financial planner, we dealt with high net worth individuals that had millions of dollars. And I just thought to myself, these guys don't need my help. They've already been successful with money. They're just trying to preserve it, pass it on to the next generation. So mm-hmm. the aha moment was I got this email randomly from a, a producer of Fox News in New York City, said, hey, we came across your story. We would love to have you on our morning show. And I'm like, okay, what's that mean? They're like, well, you'd have to fly out to New York. We'll pay for the tickets, pay for the hotel. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you, you really want to pay for us to come out and do this? They're like, yeah. So I talked to my boss and my boss was excited at first, but then they got kind of hesitant. They said, well, why are, why are you going to be on the news? And I'm so, well, because my wife and I paid off 52 grand in debt in 18 months. And they, and they went to my website, Well Kept Wallet, and they saw that there was ads on my website. Now, it was it was weird because I worked for an investment advisor. And when people when they went to my website, they saw uh, advertisements for other investment advisors. Oh. And so now they started to get a little uh, kind of concerned. They're like, Deacon, you're advertising our competition on your website. I'm like, well, not really. I have AdSense and that just generates ads based on what sites you go to. But anyways, long story short, it was this uh, Deacon, what do you want to do when you grow up is kind of the conversation I had with my boss, you know. They saw that I was passionate about helping regular people. And, you know, I had this opportunity to go on Fox News, you know, on the national show. And, you know, they're kind of saying, like, you either kind of shut down your site or, you know, we'll help you support you with what you want to do. And so uh, so that's what I, you know, I prayed about. it, talked to my wife and we decided, hey, we're going to go for it. And so uh, I told my boss and that basically just meant that I was quitting um, and they gave me a severance. And so, you know, we flew out to, to New York City to be on Fox News, not knowing, you know, if this was really going to, you know, make it long term. And how, um, I don't know, the fact that you followed Dave, the Dave Ramsey method, his show airs on Fox, that was kind of like interesting bookend to that journey a little bit, because it really gave you then the next the next step, the next you know, it opened a door to another level of your life as, uh, you know, in the world of personal finance. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's crazy. I mean, I was actually making money from my site at that time. So it, it was it was one of those things where it was a leap of faith and it was something where I wasn't sure, but I had I had built a foundation. Um, and so, you know, because we had followed those principles and we had a six month emergency fund, Um, you know, and I had, you know, about 1500 bucks coming in on the side from income and my wife worked full time. Like we just had this, this recipe for making this happen, right? It was, it wasn't like just this arbitrary, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's going to work. Fingers crossed. Right. (laughs) No, you had, you had evidence that this was working. The stars were aligning and, um, and you were kind of given an ultimatum, which is not, not sometimes the best thing. Right. Your employer oh, was like, take it or leave it. it. It was the best thing because I was nervous. You know, I, it's like you're, you have this comfortable nine to five job where you're making good money. And, you know, there's people that are there for life. You know, the average person at the time that I worked there worked there nine years. Wow. And, you know, if you put that in perspective at like regular retail places, it's probably like one year or two years. And mm-hmm. so um, it was really a, a great place to work. But uh, that 
was a catalyst, right, to get me out and to, to say, hey, Deacon, you're not made for this. You're made for something mm-hmm. else, and we're going to help you get there. And so that was a huge help. What is your financial philosophy, Deacon? Um, well, so one, one thing I would say is if you don't have cash in your bank account, you can't afford it. And that's what I've learned. Even if I buy something on my credit card, I never put something on my credit card that I don't have cash today to pay for. Really, I use credit cards as a tool um, to be able to make it convenient, to, you know, to get some rewards from it, but that's not the main thing. Um, really, so if you don't have cash in your bank account, you can't afford it. And I think if people lived by that, people wouldn't get in debt, right? Because they have the cash to pay for it, right? And it's, it's amazing how simple that is, but it's so true. It's so true. But the marketing around credit cards is the exact opposite. It's like, hey, you can buy now and pay later, which is a lot more attractive than, or it's a lot more exciting than um, buy now, pay now. <laughs> it, it is more exciting. But you know what? I, I think I, I feel blessed that I was burned so bad young that for the rest of my life, I'm not going to make those decisions, right? And, and I think that, you know, the marketing is really catered towards, I think, younger people. And, you know, you, you go to a, a college and they've got guys set up. They'll give you a free T-shirt and that kind of stuff if you sign up for a credit card. And, um, you know, I think for me, we definitely learned from it. And so my hope is that I can actually get to them before they get to that table at the at the, the college, right, to, to help them understand like, hey, before you do this, understand, you know, some basic financial principles first. And just FYI, they're not allowed anymore to go to colleges and set up their tables and their tents. It's been Are banned. You kidding? Yeah, it's banned. 2008 Card Act. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> oh my God. See, I feel so old now. I graduated in 2007. So oh, so it was that. right before that yeah. got shut down. Yeah. So that that is one good thing, I suppose, that they can't do this heavy marketing on campus anymore. Well, you brought up your childhood earlier. You mentioned that you, you and your wife were not raised with much financial uh, direction so much, you know, that there was some bad lessons perhaps learned as a kid. What were, what was your experience as a child? What was your greatest money memory? You know, when I was growing up, so for the most part, uh, when I was younger, my mom, you know, single mother on welfare, working a couple of jobs, you know, I'm, I'm going to school, you know, in elementary school and that kind of thing. Um, and so for me, I could just tell like it was like a paycheck to paycheck mentality. And so as I got older and kind of my teens, um, you know, my, my mom, you know, got a nice job and started working, but she started borrowing a lot of money. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where since then she's gone bankrupt and she's had a foreclosure on her home. And um, so I really saw a lot of those really traumatic events that could happen happen and didn't want those to happen to me. And unfortunately, uh, I've had some of those issues. Like I said, I had a foreclosure on my record. Um, and so some of those, um, you know, really, I was impacted from my childhood. Um, and I realized, okay, I got to teach people to avoid these things because they are really, um, they're painful. And I, and I hope that nobody has to experience them. And so, you know, that's part of my mission is to help educate people so that they don't experience the same things that I did. What does your mom think of you now? <laughs> you know, she, we have a great relationship now and, and I think she, it's so funny. So she's completely debt free, believe it or not now. Um, and so it's one of those things where she's seen us and the progress we've made and, and she loves it and she highly respects it and she's practiced it herself now. Um, and so it's, it's, we have a great relationship now. It was definitely rocky, you know, back in the day. You talked about a foreclosure that you experienced. Would you say that was your biggest financial fail? 
I would. Yeah, that's definitely my biggest financial fail. But it, it's also an opportunity for me to learn, right? I mean, it was really... What happened? Hey, was it during the, the uh, whole mortgage crisis and the subprime mortgage crisis? It was. So I had a couple of friends. I live in Arizona. And they were buying two, three, four properties, you know, and they're in their early, mid-20s. And I'm like, how are they doing this? And so I, I sat down with them and I talked to them and they're like, oh, we got these great, you know, 100%, uh, you know, loans, no nothing, no money down. Um, you don't even have to really document how much money you make, right? You can just give them estimates. And I'm like, this just, this seems too good to be true. But, you know, prices were skyrocketing in Arizona and, you know, I'm applying for these loans and, and they're giving them to me and I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is how it works, you know? And I'm just, I mean, this is what society was doing around me. And um, obviously that's not the right way to think, but that was how I thought at that time frame. And so I just kind of went with the flow, uh, bought two properties at the height of the market, literally the height of the market. Um, and I didn't know how, I didn't have any renters in mind. I didn't know how much it was gonna cost me every month because I'd never owned a piece of property. And so it was one of those things where I got into it and 50% of my, my income was going towards mortgages. Uh, and that's oh not gosh. including utilities and that's not including, you know, HOA fees and all the rest of that stuff. And your friends, how'd they fare? They all got foreclosed on. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it, it was one of those things where it, it wasn't that we were trying to get rich quick. It was, hey, we just saw an opportunity, um, you know, and we wanted to get on board and it looked like the things were going to continue to climb, right? And we, now, looking at hindsight, we know that wasn't the case. Um, and so I definitely learned a lot from that. Well, now you have a 740 credit score, which I think is amazing. <laughs> After a foreclosure, you never hear that, at least not, you know, just a few years out. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, I tell people, really, it's just about consistency over time, right? I mean, if, if you've got a credit card, and what I usually tell people is don't even use it for variable expenses. Use it for fixed expenses like your cell phone and, you know, Netflix and that kind of stuff. So you never have the, uh, you know, the propensity of overspending. Um, and if you do that for five years, seven months, which, you know, I've done, uh, you'll have a 740 credit score likely if, if you don't have any other debt um, because that's what I have and I don't have any other history beyond that. Um, so it's one of those things, just consistency over time. Getting out of debt in 18 months, I'd say it's a, is a tremendous so money moment. And But if you had to describe another so money moment in your life, what would it be? So that's a really good question. I, I'd say on top of that 52 grand in 18 months, um, I'd say, you know, gosh, that's, that's really our biggest one. Uh, maybe quitting my job, hmm. right, to, to work for myself full time because – you're transitioning from this, you know, rigid, you come to work at this time, you leave at this time to this entrepreneurial life of, you know, I might have to work nights. I might not have to work a week at a time. You know, I kind of, I went from, you know, th that kind of structure to building my own structure and, and doing things a different way. And, and that was so money because I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Like you couldn't pay me a million dollars a year for me to come work and do a nine to five deal. I mean, I, I love what I do. I know. Now you have a taste of what it's like. It's really hard. It's like living without roommates and then saying, you got to live with like three more roommates now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a great analogy. Because uh, I know I, I, I transitioned in 2009 full-time freelance and it was scary, but I cannot imagine, you know, having to get up every morning and just do that routine of going into an office. And um, I have a lot of respect for my friends who work. Um big jobs and hard jobs and, you know, consistently day in and day out. But for me, 
I know that it would be very difficult. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it would for me as well. <laughs> what would you say, Deacon, is a your number one financial habit, money habit? So money habit. So the number one thing, it's so small and so simple, but it is the biggest thing for us is paying extra on our mortgage every month. Um, you know, for us, like being completely debt free, you know, in our 30s is going to be huge because of the opportunities that it's going to afford to us because our expenses will be significantly lower. Um, and so that's one thing that we've been doing consistently over time uh, that we're hoping within the next four years, if, you know, being an entrepreneur, my income is variable to have it paid off in full. You're really entrenched in the millennial market. You're a millennial. You probably work with others who have um, millennial money issues. Are millennials interested in the traditional real world life, like having a house, owning your own house, having two cars, having a family? It seems as though a lot of the newer reports out there and anecdotally, we hear that because millennials are so saddled with debt, that this idea of you know, the American dream traditionally is just not something that neither either they can't achieve or they just sort of lost, it's lost its luster. What do you say to that? You know, I think I find the same thing and I I talk with people uh, that, you know, they much rather travel. They much rather have experiences than have things. Right. And to some extent, I agree with them. Like I, I, I want life is about relationships and about enjoying, you know, experiences together uh, with other people. But it's really, um, you know, to think about being 60 years old and renting, right? You're going to, and, and rent, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in, you know, another 40, 30, 40 years. So it's not going to be a thousand bucks a month. It could be two or $3,000 a month. Um, that definitely restricts what you can do and you're going to need more money to be able to, to afford your lifestyle. So really, um, I, when I talk with people that are younger, it's, it's, if you put together a plan, um, you can have a home, you can enjoy experiences, you can travel and you can do all these things, but all you have to do is create a plan and then mm-hmm. stick to it, you know? And so i um, sitting down and saying, what do you value? And if you value those things, this is how you get there. It's so true. I think that there is this fear or this assumption that I'm just never going to be able to have all these experiences and, and to have the lifestyle that I want because currently today, you know, life's a B. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So when, when I was younger, I thought about traveling overseas as like an impossibility. I really did. Like I, I just grew up in a, in a like I said, very paycheck to paycheck, um, you know, type household. And so uh, now I've had the privilege to travel so many different places like Egypt and Morocco and uh, Paris and London and Singapore, you name it. Right. And, you know, when I was younger, I, I really had this limited mentality. That, that it would be hard to travel overseas, that it would be hard to achieve my goals in life. And I'm telling you now, if you're listening to this and you're a millennial, if you make a plan and stick to it uh, and you're a hard worker, like that is totally a reality for you. I love that. Thanks for letting – yeah, because how old are you, Deacon? 32. Okay. You are in your 30s. I thought maybe you're still like 29. I'm that still 29. Nice. nice. Um, I'm not. All right. So money, fill in the blanks, Deacon. You've been such a fun guest. This is going to be even funner. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, first thing I would do is? Pay off my ho- my house, of course. Of course. By the way, how much per month do you put, like percentage-wise? You're putting like an extra 10%. Why not just one extra payment a year, as we always hear is sometimes you know a good way to do it? So I'm currently doubling my payment every month. Whoa. And And the reality is, so here's the difference, right? 
So let's just say um, traditionally, you know, the, the rule of thumb is if I paid an extra payment a year, I paid off in 22 years instead of 30 years. So that shaves off about eight years off the mortgage. Well, so if I pay an extra payment in my situation every month, we'll pay it off in nine years from when we got the loan. So it's from 22 to nine years, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge difference. That's 13 years sooner of being debt free. Um, and so, you know, we, we definitely have the resources to do more at times and that's how we're going to pay it off faster. But that's consistently we've been doing one, one extra payment a month. So much interest saved. My goodness. Okay. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better. This is probably my favorite of the fill in the blanks is. It's technology. I mean, anything that makes my life easier or more productive. I, I recently bought a smartwatch, which I, I was very hesitant. Like, oh my gosh, is this going to be the really iPhone watch? No. So I'm an Android guy. So I've, I've got a Moto 360 and this thing is awesome because I can, I can, if you text me, I can reply to it. I could just say, okay, Google. And you know, uh, and say whatever I want to say, like for news, I'll get back to you in a second. Um, if, if I'm driving somewhere, like it will give me turn by turn directions and vibrate when I need to pay attention and make a, make a turn. I mean, it's pretty sweet. Wow. You know, the iWatch commercials are so great, but I'm still not, I'm still not going for it. Like I, I think of a watch as a very personal item, you know, and I like my watches. I don't know if I would wear anything other than something that I would pref, you know, that I would have some sort of that has like a cool design and it's just, you know, I just need, I just need the time. Like I don't need my whole life on my wrist, but maybe in a few years I'll change my mind. They might come out with some, you know, fancier, nicer, more stylish versions for you. Perhaps. And there are ones that are, you know, just out of this world price wise. Uh, okay. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is. So a lot of money is relative, but I'd say K cups. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Because I love coffee, but I, I, my my wife doesn't drink it, so I don't want to brew an entire pot of coffee. But K cups are expensive. Like, if you, I mean, if you're to break it down per cup, it's like forty or fifty cents a cup. Uh, but it's cheaper than if she I was, was to go to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, I think a Starbucks coffee is like a hundred times more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, so it, it's a guilty pleasure, but I, I really do because I just pop it in. It's one cup at a time. If I want four today, I have four. If I want two, I get two. So I'm I don't with waste you. Them. I'm with you. I just had a cake up this morning, but I just wish it was more environmentally sound. And what's funny is that I just bought a bunch from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is like, you know, this tree hugging company, I thought. <laughs> and then I opened up the K-cup box and every single K-cup – which, by the way, you know, K cups the in and of in it on themselves are like made of plastic, but the right. plastic was wrapped in plastic. Oh my gosh! So like the K cup was in a plastic individual. Every single K cup in the box was in its own plastic, can, like wrap. You're and I just kidding. I was like, oh my gosh! I just want to return this and like speak to a manager because you're making me feel really bad. You know, I already felt bad with the K cups and the environment, but now I'm just like, what is like? Is this really necessary? And to have it come from Trader Joe's was just a shock, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's like save money or kill the environment. I think we should probably save the environment. Yeah, there is a compromise and it's the refillable K-cups. Oh, um, what? Talk to me. Oh my gosh. They are awesome. It just takes more work and more time. Uh, but what you can do is you can, I buy like a half a bag of coffee beans and, and I have a grinder and I can grind them fresh and keep them in like a... Um, a Tupperware container or whatever, but there's a refillable K cup that literally all you do, the top comes off and you put your coffee in there and then, you know, put the lid back on and press go. Okay. And, 
And so that's your solution Problem right there. Problem solved. Yeah. I'm going to buy this. So, and that's actually so much cheaper. I mean, it's like 10 to 20 cents per K-cup now. Oh, wow. And also, you can sleep better at night. Exactly. Oh, thank you. No, this is seriously. I'm going to I'm going to go on Amazon next and, and purchase this. Uh, one thing I wish I had known about money growing up is the dangers of debt. You know, I, I really I saw people said debt is a way to get what you want in life. And uh, if you want foreclosure, bankruptcy, heartache and pain, uh, that <laughs> can be the case. Right. Right. Um, but not that it's the case every time, but just the dangers of it. And, uh, you know, now looking back, like, like I said, I use it now, but I use it wisely. Very good. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because. So I like to give to organizations that teach people skills. So there's a one called Barrio Works here in Arizona. And what they do is they teach inner city kitty, uh, not kitties, <laughs> inner city kids how to work on bikes, on bicycles, and they can earn their own bike by putting in hours. And so here these kids are learning a, a trade, a skill set, and they're also rewarded for it. So it's kind of a very much capitalistic uh, mentality. But now these kids can earn money repairing bikes, building a bike from scratch, doing that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, not only, um, you know, gives them the ability to, to earn a bike, but teaches them some valuable skills along the way. So wonderful. Okay. I'm so, I'm Deacon Hayes and I'm so money because. I'm so money because I now control my money and it no longer controls me. Love it. Deacon Hayes, thank you so much. Your website is wellkeptwallet.com and you have a podcast with the same name, right? I do. Yeah. The Well Kept Wallet Podcast. And how, how often is that podcast? Is it every week or every few weeks? It's a weekly podcast. Um, and it's about career, money, and lifestyle. Awesome. So check that out, everybody. Deacon, you've been a fantastic guest. Congratulations and best wishes to you. Thanks, Bernoosh. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Deacon Hayes, visit his website, wellkeptwallet.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at wellkeptwallet. All of this information at somoneypodcast.com as well as the transcript and comments. And I want to hear from you. Click on Ask Farnoosh when you're at somoneypodcast.com and leave me your question about money, work, life, or even guests. And I will do my very best to respond on the weekends. And as a reminder, if you'd like to win a free 15-minute one-on-one with me, uh, just you and me, go on iTunes, leave a review, and that qualifies you to be uh, a possible winner. Uh, I select one new reviewer every week to receive a free 15-minute money blitz with me. So leave the review and hopefully we will connect. Thank you so much to my guest, Deacon Hayes. Thanks to you for spending time with us today. And I hope your day is so money. Money.